0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Video Game Logic. Today's episode was recorded on September the 3rd, 2019. I'm your host, Gaming Psychologist, and with me, as always, the caffeinated and charming. The caffeine rage? On today's show, we will, of course, be discussing the games that we played this week. NBA 2K20 focuses on gambling and their new trailer. Telltale Games returns, sort of. Former Starbound devs accuse Chucklefish of massively unethical working practices. A new games-based curriculum offered by High School Esports League and Microsoft. We will have our weekly Community Corner and a Steam Weekly Discovery Queue. Timestamps will be in the show notes following their respective topics. Hello, Rage. Hello. How are you?
1: Ah, well... Suffering from uh, having too much pollen.
0: Yeah. I know that feeling. Yeah, it was a Max rather nice right day
1: today. to go to the post office. But it was also a really nice day for everyone to lo- to mow their lawns. So, ugh. I got back home and it felt like I had a chest cold.
0: Yeah. It's worst for me in spring. Thankfully, this summer around here anyways, it's been... Very dry, so I guess thankful from a pollen standpoint. There are definitely reasons where more rain would have been helpful. Mm-hmm. But uh it's not been too bad for me this summer, for the most part. So I, I mowed my lawn yesterday morning before taking a, a day trip for the holiday. And I had no ill effects whatsoever, as far as I can tell. I'm sure they'll come later. Uh, And for everyone in the United States who's listening I hope you had a good holiday weekend If you were someone who got Labor Day off I did And I felt fancy Also known as any other Monday for you (laughs) I do feel fancy every Monday Footloose and fancy free I do a little dance Um, But yeah I had a good weekend Played a lot of games Did a few other things too Chatted with you, watched some good good anime. I've not been able to stop thinking about (laughs) it, honestly. Like we did pick, we did wind up at a good place to stop, but I want, I still wanted to watch more.
1: Yeah, Mahir Academia is really good.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we are in the second season in the school sports festival, which has a tournament arc. And I think it's about to get to the, the good, good stuff. Not that any of it's been bad, but like the the longer one-on-one superhero fights. So yay, superhero fights. Yeah, I really enjoy the, that show.
1: It has a really
0: good universe. Yeah, I like it a Sometimes lot. Sometimes it doesn't
1: make a, little, uh, you know, a lot of sense, but at the same time, you know, it's awesome enough that you just go with it, right?
0: Yeah. I think a lot I mean I've I've come up with some theories which you said you knew a few things, but we're at the same spot mm-hmm. in the show. I've come up with a few theories for things that I think I hope turn out to be right because if they do that means that my sort of literary senses were tingling correctly or my my theming. Like I I've started studying this stuff for fun <laughs> as a as a hobby. So, if I'm right, then that makes me feel really good about myself. And if I'm not, you know, it's still fun. It's not like it, you know, matters in the grand scheme of things, but. Well, at the same time, it is also
1: uh, Eastern storytelling, not Western.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm mostly focused on Western storytelling, but, you know, there would be some, I think, transferable things, but I don't, I don't know. I still have a lot to learn. My brain just like died on me for a second. (laughs) know, it's, I'm not tired, but I did have like a weird day. I went to the, went to the doctor. Nothing is wrong with me, but I've maxed out on my insurance for everything, all my deductible and everything this year. So I'm like, well, now it's time to see what work we can get done under the hood. And I've got like all these little things that I want to do, but because I live in America and our healthcare system sucks ass, I've been unable to do it's like, well, you know that mole I've got over there. Let's take it, check it out. And I've got like this little like cyst under my skin over here. Let's get that removed. There's some other stuff I'm gonna get done that I won't discuss openly on this show because most people probably don't want to know about all that stuff, and you probably don't either. If I'm, if we're being honest. Yeah, I think so. you're right on that one. I will keep the other stuff close to my chest, but I'm gonna get as much out of my insurance as I can this year because the rest of the time it fucks me. So this time I'm going to fuck it. And next year your deductible is going to go through the roof. Nope, it is not because it's a company health insurance group policy. So if it goes up, it goes up for everybody, which I guess, I mean, I could drive it up for everybody, but I don't think that's how that negotiating thing works, the way they negotiate it. Medicare for all. (laughs) What, you want everybody to die
1: on the death panels? Yes. And have uh, uh, 20-day waits in the waiting room?
0: Eat the rich. (laughs) (laughs) And the poor. Cannibalism. Anarchy. I, I I know it's more complicated than just Medicare for all, but Medicare for all sounds better. Makes me think of this sketch that, uh, Door Monster, they used to be called White Lightning HQ. Now they're mm-hmm. called Door Monster. They did the really cool Kerbal Space Program, uh, shorts or skits, um, a few years ago. But they've got one, like, running joke for all of their Civ series, uh, videos that, like, there's always somebody in the background going, like, we want whales. <laughs> <laughs> He's got, like, a sign. Made me think of that. Medicare for all. We want whales. Anyways, this has been a rather long tangent. Um, would you like to discuss games, Rage?
1: Uh, sure, but unfortunately we're going to be talking about Pokemon Masters, so I'm not sure if that's going to be a game.
0: Well, I didn't know that this existed until you mentioned it, and then yeah. basically said it wasn't very good. So, I'm excited to hear about it. Okay, well.
1: Uh, well, first strike against it, mobile game. It, it popped up on my phone uh Uh, For a pre-register like two or three weeks ago. I thought, you know, this is either going to be really good or really shit. Amen. And I have to be honest, leaning towards really shit because mobile game. So let's talk about what it does right. Okay, now let's move on to everything else. Uh, Okay. Okay. Uh, Well, I shouldn't say that because it does do an interesting thing with the battle system. Uh, but it also dumbs things down big time. So the battle system in this isn't your traditional turn-based, uh, you know, uh, punching on one another that pretty much every single other of the major Pokemon games have been. Instead, it's a 3v3 team battle where each trainer only has one Pokemon. And it's running off of a power system similar to uh, Clash Royale, you know, the uh, tug-of-war style games, where you slowly build up a power meter, and all the different moves are associated with a power rating. So really uh, simple moves are one bar. I haven't seen anything that's above two, but uh, the stronger the move, the more energy it takes out of this bar that's constantly slowly regenerating. And there's some moves that regenerate the health or uh, power bar a little bit. And it's interesting, but they've stripped the game down so much that it makes it boring. So Pokemon, I think it's fair to say is a giant game of rock, paper, scissors. But mm-hmm. uh, when it comes down to types, this, they've stripped it down to there's direct counters between like, a rock type is weak only to grass type. Never mind all the other types that it's always been uh, weak to. Nope, not this time around. It's only grass type. Uh, grass type is only weak to fire type. Uh, uh, Water type is only weak to grass type. And they've really simplified it to the point that it, you know, is boring. On top of adding a lot of really 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 long cutscenes. so i would call this almost a visual novel where there's long sections where you're just standing there and reading why this trainer wants to go be the very best or you know whatever struggles they are going through or you know how they're going to catch this particular pokemon or whatever and Maybe it's just because I'm not invested in the universe. The last time I really played a Pokemon game was Generation 2. But it's just... Get on with it! And it's just... It's hard to really say into words just how utterly boring it is to go through several minutes of cutscenes just to have one battle than to go through several minutes of cutscenes when the battles have been streamlined to such a point that yeah you know, they're just you know, they're trivial really oh something else about the battle system that i uh, failed to mention is that there's uh, essentially a limit break in this game which is weird so all the moves like i said are powered by this regenerating power bar and uh, it's not term based so it's a constant uh uh, constantly advancing time frame, so all the uh, characters could uh, uh, throw off attacks at the at the same time uh, and queue up attacks, and also freely target the other three Pokemon. So, you know, if you want to try to just you know gangbang, uh, you know that Charmander, go ahead, right? Woo! But there's a constant count on the number of moves that you do, and once you hit. Whatever amount it is, which it seems to be a little bit uh, varying between, uh, maybe trainers, maybe uh, just a look at the draw. I it didn't really say what why it was so different at, at different times, and I never really could figure it out. You essentially unlock a limit break. That's a pa- uh, a, a completely free move on one of your uh, Pokemon. And depending on the Pokemon that's using it, it, uh, may be a AoE, it may be a direct uh, damage, you know, one shot, or not one shot, but, you know, a massive amount of damage on one particular target, or it may do some other effects, and there may be secondary effects attached to it. So, I mean, there, there is some interesting things, but it's just, it, it feels so shallow. That it really robbed any of the innovation for me. And that's before you even get to the business model here. So, the business model. Every trainer only has one Pokemon. Which is weird to begin with, right? Yeah. They're called sync pairs. And depending on uh, the character, you'll get different Pokemon. So and they pull from pretty much the entire universe. So you start off with Misty and Brock, all right? Okay. And uh Misty has a Starmie and uh Brock has an Onyx.
0: Makes sense that's their iconic Pokémon.
1: Yeah, the Pokémon's. Yeah, then you eventually get to the gacha portion of this where you're given one free roll to yeah, you know, show you how it works, right? But which I'm not sure if it's random on that one or not. Uh, But I started to get, you know, trainers that I've never heard of, so. But, you know, since I've only played to Generation 2, that's not uh, surprising. But, there's no free pulls. The only way that you can earn pulls is slowly grind up the premium currency that they trickle into you. But, the cynical part of me is just sitting there thinking, well, this is eventually going to dry up because a lot of this is coming from the quests and from uh, login bonuses and everything. And it can only go for so long before, you know, it dries up to the point where I'm not getting enough to get the gotcha pulls, right? You know, that, yo, that, that hook, right? Right? And it counts free and paid premium currency as two different currencies. So every day you have a cheap pull that's 100 gems. And then you have the regular pull that's 300. And then you have the massive pull that's uh, 10 pulls for 3,000. Well, I mean, they're not giving me you know, any discount because of course they're not. But you're not know, you having to sit through that damn animation uh, over and over again. You could only get the full price single pulls with the free currency. Otherwise, you have to buy it. Even though it's the same damn currency. It counts it as two separate currencies. And I've never seen that. And that's really shitty.
0: Didn't Pokemon Go have the two separate currency thing?
1: I didn't play there Pokemon like- Go enough to uh, to find out. But this is... No, no, this is the same currency, the same gem currency, only they're using two different counters if it's a, uh, obtained like through Quest or through login bonuses and whatnot. Or mm-hmm. if you're actually buying it, it's counted as two different
0: currencies, but it's one tracker, which is just so weird. That is strange. That is different, because I think Pokemon Go had two currencies, like the premium one and then the non-premium one. Although I barely played Pokemon Go.
1: Yeah, there was was not an, uh, there wasn't enough stuff near me to really deal with Pokemon Go. Uh, but let's see what else. Uh, there's also little sad stories that as you unlock new sync pairs, you essentially go watch a cutscene of them talking about whatever. and You get a few uh, gems out of it. And you do slowly start amassing a team. Just by going through the story, but they tend to try to push you into different team configurations. But if you don't have enough configure or enough of the different uh, sync pairs, the enough of the different Pokemons or Pokemans, you're you know going to be a little bit in trouble later on. Whenever it's you know there's not the nuance, not the strategy that you could really deal with. You know you just have to throw stronger and stronger things at it. Which I realize, yeah, Pokemon has never been a terribly deep game. Yes, there is some strategy to it, but at the end of the day, it is still rock, paper, scissors, at least as far as I know. So, having this tied to a paid pull mechanic, is just it feels scummy. I, I will give them credit on one thing, that whenever you go through the rather long list of NDAs and well not NDAs but uh viewers uh, and uh making sure that you understand everything they do have it where you can set up to have it say okay well if you have more than this many gems bought in a specific amount of time we'll send a warning email so that is a nice thing to set up for parents but it shouldn't be there in the first place
0: <laughs> I like when you get angry it's a big turn on
1: do you need a moment?
0: No, nah, I'm good.
1: It's just really disappointing overall. I mean, I I set my expectations low on this, but having them just you know constantly uh, saying, "Hey, you could get more uh, sync pairs if you buy," just it feels exploitative. And I know that I'll eventually hit a point where. You know, if I didn't spend the money, you know, it's just going to be grinding. And I think it says something uh, that, at least at the time of the recording, the review score for this on Google Play is 3.6. I
0: mean, that's quite low for uh, a Pokemon game, huh? That's really bad for a Pokemon game. I feel like it being a Pokemon would get it at least a four or four and a half stars.
1: I mean, it's pretty much always been just, you know, one star or five star. I mean, they may as well switch to a thumbs up, thumbs down rating system on uh, Google Play at least. Yeah. But the fact that they, they have, can I see how many one star or one stars they have on this? Uh, not easily.
0: On the Google Play Store? Yeah.
1: I mean, they have a uh. good chunk of one star and two star reviews, which is telling. I will say that graphically, it d- is very pretty. It 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 has a nice art style to it, especially whenever you're using some of the, uh, for lack of a better term, limit breaks. You know they uh, went through a lot of trouble to uh, animate those really well. Unfortunately, you know they seem to forget you know gameplay and you know being fair to your customers and not pissing me off. Right. And it's a shame that they stripped down the battle system so much, because if they had it where multiple uh, weaknesses still existed, it would be an interesting, almost Clash Royale-esque uh, system where trying to figure out who to attack first and who to try to subdue. But because it's just the one weakness, it, it just feels so, well, weak sauce.
0: I I like that you just said weak sauce. <laughs> Uh, Any questions?
1: Um, You said that you had questions.
0: Well, I had a couple, but you kind of answered them when you were talking about it, which is why, you know, I waited in the pre-show. Because I was going to ask, like, well, how does the 3v3 battle system work? That seems weird. But then you explained that. And then I was going to ask about the currency, but then you explained that. So I don't think I have any other questions. The thing that sounds the worst to me is that they simplified it down to, you know, one type of is strong against one type, mm-hmm. you know, instead of having multi-type Pokemon or having... Uh, yeah, I'm not sure know. how they actually handle Reducing that the complexity.
1: Or, but it seemed like... Uh, well, no, I think I got uh, a couple that looked multi-type that were just simplified down to, like, flying or uh, rock type. So, you know, they lost a lot of complexity. Something that is interesting, though, is that... They also took out items. Instead, they're attached to the different uh, trainers. So if you look on the screenshots, you can see like on, uh, on one of these, it has the, the Pikachu, Onyx, and Starmie fighting, whatever the hell those are. Uh, and you can see a potion on there, two of two. On each chapter of the story, because remember I told you that it works out like a visual novel, each mm-hmm. chapter, you have that many uses of that ability if it has a counter on it. Then it's gone. And it refreshes in between chapters. Which is also a very strange move. There's no items whatsoever. Uh, they keep forcing you to go through the shop to level up different trainers if you get the items to be able to level them. To learn different abilities, you have to go through the shop and... Uh, you know, I spend particular items, and also, as you run through the story, you'll eventually build up a stockpile that you're able to exchange. Yo, it's all running you through these shops, and after watching that one video, yo, it's like, oh, I, I could see it now, right?
0: Yeah. Sounds like a bunch of weird choices. I don't know how much of that is just, like, pure mobile shenanigans, or... Nintendo and the Pokemon Company being like, let's do weird stuff because that's what we do—is weird stuff.
1: Well, this isn't even made by the Pokemon Company. This is Denica, uh Co uh, Limited. They did the Attack on Titan Tactics game.
0: Oh, I didn't. I didn't catch that. So I guess they licensed it. Yeah. To them. Yeah, mm. so then that, that seems like more like mobile shenanigans mm-hmm. to me.
1: Yeah, the uh Attack on Titans game, it looks like a pretty standard uh Clash Royale esque game. Uh tug of war uh, style game. Mm-hmm. Only with giant naked people.
0: Yay for giant naked people. But Okie dokie. Well, do you want me to talk about a shitty mobile game? I I arranged my list. (laughs) Uh, You can't. I I will
1: say that even though you are stuck with a Pikachu, you are able to switch your own character out of the team so you're not constantly gimped by that. So, yo, that is one thing.
0: Oh no, I'm stuck with a Pikachu. My favorite is Pokemon ever. I know, that's probably the stereotypical answer, but I always loved Pikachu the best, the most, as a kid.
1: No, you cannot fuck Pikachu.
0: Somewhere around here, I've still got, like, a giant plush Pikachu backpack thing. I think I've got a... In one of our closets, I've got, like, a a storage box full of things like that that I keep meaning to decorate with or take to my office at work, and I never do either. But I loved Pikachu. He was my favorite. He was so cute. And fluffy. Anyways... Yeah! So, on to my games. I I rearranged them just so I could talk about my mobile game after you. So this weekend, uh, the power went out. There was a scheduled power outage that I didn't know about.
1: Oh, it's a surprise outage.
0: A a surprise scheduled outage. I found out after the fact that it was scheduled. I just thought something happened and my power went out, which is not an unusual occurrence, unfortunately. But um, I had just drank like a huge cup of coffee i was ready <laughs> to, to game stay up late and game and like 30 minutes in just power down but i'm like well i drank too much coffee to go to sleep so i started playing mobile games on my phone and i've got a couple but this one was the only one i was ready to talk about and it's called life is a game i honestly don't remember where i heard about this from but i know i heard it from somewhere like another Gaming podcast I listen to and now. Talking I'm just about thinking it. of the anime uh, No Game No Life, <laughs> but this is a really—it's a side-scrolling like auto-runner game, which is not at all what I thought it was when I like first looked at it. And maybe it says in here that that's what it is, but um, you start out as a little baby and you run to the right across the screen, and basically you just like do things. So you jump into. Sp- to things like, you know, little coin symbols that represent different stuff. There's like a coin for money. And when you're like at different stages of life, there's different things. So as it like a baby and a young child? There's like things you can jump into that represent happiness versus sadness. And you can choose to interact with your parents as a baby and they'll like carry you around on their back. And that gives you the opportunity to get more happiness as a child so that you do better in high school And then when you're in high school, there's four different hobbies you can choose from. Although two of them are music, so I don't know why why they're separated. One is like a saxophone and the other is a guitar. And then you can be an artist or um, into sports. And then that that gives you a hobby that you can practice. And as you go through high school, you have to interact with friends. And when I say interact, there's just like a, a button you tap on screen that says interact um, Your type of interaction. As you walk past things. And then you get a random response. And then sometimes, like, if something good happens, it'll, like, flash above the screen at the top. Made a friend. Um, or, you know, so-and-so thinks you're dumb. And so you go through high school and you collect all of these different things. And based on what you collect, like if you get enough of one specific thing or enough of a combination, then it will choose your career that you go through as an adult. So the ones that I were able to get, like if you don't get enough of anything, you just become like a generic office worker. And then if uh, a you salary. Get enough... uh,
1: basically, if Saitama never uh, found the monster.
0: Indeed. Um, but then if you are a, uh, if you collect enough of the sports ones or like soccer ball, tokens, then you become a, a soccer player. And if you collect enough of the music ones, you can become a singer or a musician. If you collect enough of the, the their book tokens. So like knowledge, you become a college professor. Apparently you can become like a doctor and a police officer and a firefighter and a construction worker. Like there's a bunch of different things. But then that sets up what your career is and then based on how many levels of your career that you collected in high school so like there's a little a meter that goes up at the bottom of the screen for each of these things and like if you fill up one meter then you become that one and if you fill it up a second time you're more likely to do better at your job but so then you have like a young adult phase where you're going through your job and there's people you can interact with and then you collect more tokens you collect money um and then there's like bonus things that you can choose to interact with, which might give you more money or you might get a promotion. For example, if you're the office worker, so the money tokens are worth more money, but as you collect money, your, your happiness meter goes down. Cause it's like, you're working real hard. You're not taking time for yourself. Uh, so then you have to collect food to help you feel better, which raises your happiness meter, or you can smoke cigarettes, which makes your happiness meter go way up. But if you get seven cigarettes, you die And if you get too many food tokens without getting enough exercise tokens, then you get fat. (laughs) And so you go through young adult stage and you've collected money. And then you go through like a flower shop where you can buy some flowers and get expensive flowers or cheap flowers. And then you go to a car dealership where you can buy uh, either you can not buy a car and then your character takes a bus or you can buy a car. And then he drives out with a car and like the better the car you get, the happier you are. And then it like drops you off at a curb and there's a bunch of women and you offer them flowers and there's a based on what type of flowers you get and what your career choice was and how much money you have. Women will marry you or not. And you can propose up to three times uh, as you walk through like all of the women on the sidewalk. And if you get married, then there's a family like it goes on to a family thing. And if you don't get married, then it's like an empty house. And then it skips to like late stage career. If you've got married, uh, you can choose to either be the career person or you can be like a stay at home house. Keeper, I think is what it calls them, housekeeper. That's like Mr. Mom. By the way, you can only be a man in this game. You can't be a woman. So you can only be a man. So you can be like Mr. Mom, housekeeper, and then your your spouse can go to work. Which might be a good option if you got like did really shitty on the money part for your for the, the first career, like from a pure gameplay perspective. Um, and then you go through that and you may or may not have children. I'm not quite sure how that works. It seemed to be completely random. Uh, and then you go to late stage career, which is more of the first career, except your character's older and wears different clothes. And then you get to able to buy a house, and if you can't afford a house, then you're like end game as you're an old person as like a really shitty, broken down apartment. And then you can buy like a normal house, and you wear normal clothes, or you can buy like a fancy house, and then you look like uh, Mr. Moneybags from the Monopoly game, walking through your house with a, a top hat. And then you die, and it tells you like some basic stuff, like you were a good friend, or you lived your life alone. Or, you were a distant husband. Like, it, you know, gives you some things. And then it, like, rewinds back all the way to the beginning where it's the baby stage. And as you go along, like, you see all these interactions that you made. And based on the final statements that you got, it's it's something sad. It's always something sad. Even, like, when I figured out how to kind of game the system and get, like, the happiest life and the most money. He was very sad about everything that happened. So, along the way, like, the, I mentioned the hobby at the beginning and then the friends that you could make, and then your spouse. There's these little buttons, these little icons on the bottom left of the screen that light up if you choose a hobby, and if you make friends, and if you get married. And they're on, like, a timer, and so you can tap one of them, and it's like, you practiced your hobby, or you hung out with your friends, or you called your wife and hung out with your children. And so doing those, like, gives you a boost in happiness – And if you do them enough, they will turn from blue to green. And if they're green, that means that you get like a thumbs up at the end of the game that you were a good dad or a good friend or whatever. And if they stay blue, it was like, yeah, he was okay. And if you don't use them at all, they gray out. And then it's like, he was a terrible friend who never hung out with anyone. But they don't really seem to make a difference at all, except that they give you more happiness. And it doesn't really seem to matter if you focus on one or spread it out evenly between the three so it was a really stupid bullshit boring game but the power was out (laughs) and i have really terrible cell service at my house so with the power out the wi-fi was down which meant that i couldn't play better other mobile games so i mean this is a purely single-player experience it's got a store it gives you a whole bunch of premium currency up front Cause you like complete your first few playthroughs, you complete a whole bunch of achievements and you get like a hundred or 150 of the premium currency, which are just like fancy looking gold coins and you can buy a few things with it. But everything that's in the premium shop is cosmetics that don't do anything or packs that like increase your chances of getting a certain career. So, So pay to cheat. Yeah. Pay to cheat. And it, I don't think that you have to have any of the packs to get the careers because I got college professor and I didn't have the pack that said college professor. Like I picked a couple of them just cause it, you know, it gave me like a hundred coins of premium currency. Um, but yeah, I, I got the college professor and I didn't buy that pack. So it's, um, I don't know. It was a way to kill like an hour until the caffeine high wore off enough yes. for me to go to sleep. So, it's not a very good game. I don't think you should play it. I played it, so you don't have to. Sort of like me with Pokemon okay. Masters? Pretty much. Pretty much. So, now let's move on to a good game I played this week, which was Off-World Trading Company, the single player. So, last week I mentioned, if, if you recall, dear listener, uh, that we played off Trading Company for community game night, and I went into it completely blind, and we only played the multiplayer. So now I have played it quite a bit. Uh, Let's see. According to this, I played it about 12 additional hours from the multiplayer. Just doing some quick basic math in my head. About 12 more hours since Community Game Night. Um, The single-player campaign is really interesting. Uh, I don't have the expansions, so I don't know if it's different for... Uh, I believe it's like the moons of Jupiter or something like that. I don't know if it's any different or what that adds, but um, there's four main factions that you can play that each have uh, two different sort of, I don't know, leaders or whatever that have different starting bonuses and structures and abilities. Abilities isn't quite the right word, but like sort of a, a, a power that they can use. Um and you only have one to start, and then as soon as you win any of the uh career playthroughs, you unlock the next person. I thought you had to win all three, but you only have to win one, and then you get the second person that you can play. So the there's also I think a fifth faction, which I assume you have to unlock all of them to get, but I know I played this faction in the multiplayer, and it was my favorite faction that I played then. But the uh, career mode takes you on either a 4, 7, or 10-week journey to become the most profitable, biggest, bestestest company on Mars. The storyline is pretty standard. Something's wrong with Earth. We need resources. So let's go to Mars and get them their resources. Get those space potatoes. Uh, and like I said, you go for 4, 7, or 10 weeks. And what it does is it gives you sort of a strategic map And you can pick from several different sort of colony plots and you compete head to head against the AI and try to build up the colony the most. So the general gameplay is the same as it is in the multiplayer. You have to maximize your profits, minimize the amount of debt that you take on. But in the multiplayer game, you're just trying to buy out all of the other companies and become the only one. In the single-player campaign, there's a, a, a larger strategic element to it. So first of all, the different plots, you can get specific bonuses from having sort of connected plots of land. Um, you get overall cash bonuses for those. There are different countries which sponsor the different plots. I mean, they're all real-world countries. The United States, China, the EU, uh, Russia, I think. Um, there might be one other one. And they each give you a bonus for the, the land that you have. So it might be uh, starting bonus cash or you start with an extra plot of land where you can place down a, a factory or something, something like that. And then if you win on the map, you'll get an additional bonus. Usually it's some of the abilities that you can get from the black market, like sabotage or using a nuclear warhead. Um, occasionally they'll give you other things like a patent, which are the equivalent of like research that give you, specific bonuses, um, and the patents can change things massively depending on what, uh, faction you play as. For example, um, there's a patent that lets you run things on water instead of fuel or run buildings on water instead of using power. And that might be beneficial to us one faction or another based on your, your play style. There's one that uses, uh, or there's one that uses teleportation which means that you have no fuel cost to transport resources which means you can basically build anywhere on the map for no penalty instead of trying to keep your base kind of together so strategic placement isn't as much of an issue but anyways there, there's those types of things and then there's this entire uh system where you have to build up the these employees that give you bonuses. So you can't just build all the buildings. You have to have an engineer for specific buildings. You have to have one engineer to unlock the building, but then that makes that building type work at 50%. So you have to have like uh, a solar farm engineer to even build a farm to grow food. But they only operate at 50% with one engineer. So you get two engineers, then they operate at 100% capacity. And then each engineer beyond that is a 50% production bonus. So you your faction starts with a certain amount, of those engineers for specific buildings. Uh, and it tends to play to their strengths. So for example, if a faction uses the uh, material glass as one of the building components, you'll probably have two, maybe even three engineers for glass. Uh, but if they don't use uh, chemicals, then you won't possibly won't have any engineers for that. But as you go, you can either hire engineers for one uh, mission or well, contract them for one mission or hire them permanently. And so things that are like base resources are relatively inexpensive, maybe like 200,000 to hire like a a farm engineer, but 500,000 to hire a a chemical engineer. And then for the really cool stuff like the research laboratory or the off world launch pad, those are a million, no, 1.5 million to hire those guys permanently uh and and then cheaper to just contract them for one mission so and those things can be huge gains game changers as well uh launching resources off world typically things that aren't as valuable like food and water on mars like that sounds weird but with all those companies operating there those things are usually much cheaper in the local market sell for a ton of money off world um and it says like ship your resources off to the, the asteroid belt So food, oxygen, and water, very valuable off-world. Those can be huge boons for your economy, being able to sell things off-world and really come to play in the late game. But you go through this for however many weeks your campaign lasts, and the goal is to make it to the end by building up the colonies the most. During each mission, uh, you not only have to manage all of your stuff for, for your own base, but you also have to buy colony modules, things like habitats, or warehouses, factory complexes, things like that. And it's just like a straight up cost you pay for and they're built by the colony automatically. And then you're awarded a percentage of the contract based on how much of a percentage of things you provide. So winning, having the most things, is what gives you the, the bonuses for the territories. But even if you don't win, you still want to place down as many of these things as possible because then you get more money each week going into the strategic planning phase where you can contract or hire more engineers and employees. So it's definitely worth it to try your your best on every one. Like you should never throw one away. Even if you know you're not going to win, you should get as much as you can because it helps you long term. Um but that's the goal throughout. And if at any point in time your stock price, which is calculated at the end of every week, is in last place, you're eliminated. Otherwise, you make it till the end, and the final round is just like the multiplayer game. The, the goal being to buy out all of the other companies, be the last company standing. And that happens drastically differently compared to the multiplayer. Like, the objective is the same, but the, that final game takes a lot longer. Because by the time you've gotten there, after any amount of time, the stock prices are much, much higher than they are in the multiplayer game. So it was taking me like three, four, five million dollars to buy out a company as opposed to when I played in multiplayer, it was just like a few hundred thousand to buy, buy them out when I, that one game that I won. So the, the scale is different. The idea is the same, but the scale is different. That was extremely tense. The one that I played, the faction that I've got the most experience with is the robotic faction. They're probably like, if you've never played this game before, I would suggest them to start with. Uh, Because since they're robots, the only resource they have to worry about is power. They don't need food. They don't need water. They don't need fuel. Everything operates off of electricity. And they get uh, wind turbines as their starting power generation, which work 24-7. Solar panels only work during the daytime. And then geothermal power only works if you're able to snag a geothermal uh, vent. And not all maps have those. And even on the maps that do, it might not be strategically a good idea to place your base down next to one. And then if you don't, then there uh, could be other costs associated with... There's no fuel cost associated with power, actually, now that I think of it, so it's probably not an issue. But anyways, the only thing that the the robots have to worry about is power. So that eliminates the amount of resources that you have to manage, and uh, makes it a lot simpler to play through. So... If you've never played it before, I'd suggest giving them a shot first. But I mean, honestly, it was pretty easy to sort of learn and adapt. I, I I suppose it's easy if you've got a mind for this sort of game to adapt to the different needs of it of each of the different factions. But I've I mean I've played a ton. I've only managed to win one campaign. Um, I'm on my way to victory in a second campaign. But uh, I've lost more than I've won. And and. Unless you turn Iron Man mode on, you can restart at any point in time, like you can restart your mission, and when you click restart, it takes you all the back, way back to the strategic screen in case you want to make changes to who you contracted or hired for the uh, that week's mission, but otherwise, I mean, you can restart as many times as you need to if you really, really, really want to go for a win, but... I'm trying to think if I'm if I missed anything. There, well, there is some stuff that I can see, but I can't access because it's part of the DLC. Like there's something called like the Infinite Challenge, and then there's weekly challenge maps that you can play, and it's got like a high scoring system. Um, but otherwise, I mean, if there's anything that I'm I'm missing, I just haven't gotten to it yet. It's a it's a really good game though. I like it a lot. Um, the single player stuff takes you know 20 25 minutes, just like the multiplayer does per game. Um, oh timer Uh, everything except for the final week is timed it's 7 in game days but you can speed up or slow down time as you need to and you could pause at any point in time to maybe like place down a bunch of buildings at once or something like that and then have them all build but I mean that 7 days takes about 25 minutes or so to play through so you can still play it relatively quickly for, for short bursts it's a really good game it's a really good game I enjoy the heck out of it and probably next Steam sale, I'm going to get the DLC so I can check out all of the rest of that stuff. I'm hoping the Infinite play is just like a sandbox map or something like that. I would I would actually enjoy this in sandbox mode, like maximizing things. But, good game. Um, and then my final game is called Aircraft Evolution. I got this as a keymailer game a little while back, and... I've been trying to make a concerted effort to play a few more of these Keymailer games that I get. Uh, and this weekend was a good time to play a few. I've actually got played more games than is on my list, but I'm saving some of them because I either need more time or want to spread them out a little bit, but aircraft evolution, I think it has been spiritually sort of inspired by time pilot, the old arcade game. It's got some similarities. You're piloting aircraft from various eras, uh, starting all the way in World War One, and then it goes to like a futuristic setting with like UFOs and shit. So aliens, question mark. But it's a side-scrolling 2D game, um, and you can move left and right across the battlefield, and you're dropping bombs on various buildings and enemies, and then you uh, are shooting other guns or missiles at other aircraft, dirigibles, or, you know, also at aforementioned uh, buildings and enemies. Um, I have gotten to the World War II era of planes. I'm like three or four missions into that. Uh, there's ten missions per era, with the final mission having a, a big boss battle uh, against like an over-the-top, uh, almost like shmup boss, shoot up uh, the one for World War One was like a massive tank on with like 20 guns on top of it and rockets and stuff. Uh, but the missions are divided up into various types of kill the thing. Sometimes you have to kill all the things. Sometimes you only have to kill the, the things that are buildings. Sometimes you only have to kill all of the things that are enemy troops or airplanes. There has been one mission I've played so far that was like a time trial and you had to get all the way across from one side of the screen to the other and this it was filled with like air mines and you had to avoid those you couldn't actually shoot them i don't know how many of those there are i've only found the one uh but there's a bunch of different aircraft that you can purchase as you level up in the game you can purchase them and you can upgrade them uh things like armor, speed, fuel efficiency um weapon damage and then there's a bunch of different special weapons you have basically at least at this point where I'm in the game, every plane has got a machine gun of some kind and then standard bombs. And then you can buy other bombs. Uh, there's cluster bombs, napalm, something that's like, I don't know, a, a, a giant blue mini nuke explosion. I got like a couple of those, uh, sort of randomly. So I have no idea exactly what they are. I it doesn't look like I can purchase them yet. Um, There's like an armor-piercing bomb that's good against tanks. And then another bomb that I haven't gotten at all yet, so I don't know what it's for. But the different ammo or different bombs are more or less effective against different things. Um, There's also rockets and missiles, which I don't have access to yet, but I've seen them. And then certain planes have special machine guns or special cannons. There's one that has a uh, a shotgun-type cannon that's really good for uh, straight or... Not strafing, really good for fighting other aircraft in the air. Uh, there's one that's got like a really rapid fire machine gun that's good for strafing the ground. There was one plane that had a rear gunner, so um, that was good for dog fighting. It's a it's a decent enough little game. I played it for a little over an hour and enjoyed my time with it. I'm probably gonna play it some more. I don't like playing it with keyboard and mouse. Um, the way that it's it's hard to explain, but the way the aircraft follows the mouse cursor sometimes gets you in trouble because you can't predict whether or not it's going to go maybe up or down or turn over or do a loop. um, Especially when you get to the edge of the screen kind of abruptly. And so there's been a few times where the plane has like flipped out and crashed into something and blown up. And I'm like, well, that's not what I was trying to do. And then it took me the longest time to, to not press space bar to drop bombs. I don't know why that was in my head. Like it tells you at the beginning, one mouse click for guns, one mouse click for bombs. And I kept pressing spacebar to drop bombs, and spacebar is how you speed boost. So that's—I think that's just something wrong with my brain, not anything wrong with the game. Um, it—I got this weird like mobile vibes off of it, but it's as far as I know, it's not on any uh, m- you know, mobile devices. I think that's just the way that it looks. Um, the—I don't know—art style question mark. But it's it's a fun little game. Um, it's like eight bucks on Steam. I don't think it's worth eight bucks. Um, I mean, I got it for free. It definitely is good at free. But maybe on sale for ninety nine cents, two dollars. Wow, that low. I, I mean, I I think it, it's good enough for like an hour or two of enjoyment. But there's no story here. There's no replayability factor that i have discovered since i've you know have been playing it like if it does one of those things where it's like later on in the game it turns into something completely different and it's like i don't know magical or whatever then maybe but the thing is is it's like well i've had to sort of slog through it for however many hours to get to that so it has to be pretty damn good to to be worth it i mean it's worth a couple hours of enjoyment and i guess if that's you know worthy of five or seven dollars for you then by all means go ahead but like i think if you're interested in this game definitely wait for it to be on sale for a buck or two
1: and uh, uh just the way the game kind of looks i've realized you know it's just 2d uh aircraft even though you know it's uh, a lot more modern it uh maybe uh, reminded me a lot of altitude reminded you of what uh, of a game called altitude I don't think I've ever seen that. Uh, it's a 2D uh, multiplayer game, uh, playing game. Okay. I just had that strong vibe, even though, yeah, you know, gameplay wise, they're very different.
0: I mean, it reminds me of a lot of flash games that I used to see on Newgrounds. It's more complex than that, but it reminds me of that. So, I mean, as far as I can tell, like it's not bad. It's a really small game. You know, it ran just fine on my laptop. So, it's weird. Like, I I can't really recommend it, but it's not bad. Like, if you pick it, you know, if you get it really cheaply, if you're just looking for something to help pass the time, like, it's definitely, you know, there for that. But I'm definitely not going to say, like, hey, you should totally go buy this for full price or whatever. There's no loot boxes. There's no microtransactions. That counts for something in this day and age, I guess. Yeah, sadly. Right? Yeah. But, I mean, that does it for the games that I played this week.
1: Yeah, and obviously I just had one. I don't really have any questions about it because, you know, I think you covered it fairly well.
0: It's fairly simple, too. There's honestly not a lot to cover. Alrighty, then. Well, with that out of the way, let us move on to the news. Our first news topic of the night. NBA 2K20 focuses on gambling in its trailer. Speaking of those... Do boxes and microtransactions and bullshit. Yeah, really?
1: I mean, uh, had, did you actually watch the trailer?
0: I did watch the trailer. Holy shit, right? Yeah. If you haven't watched the trailer, dear listener, please go watch the trailer. They're literal full of slot machines and like a gotcha machine thing and something that looks kind of like roulette. It's just like a lucky spinning wheel thingy, but it. I thought of roulette with it.
1: Uh, the Wheel of Fortune. Oh,
0: yeah, Wheel of Fortune.
1: Oh, that's literally what it's called in the casino.
0: I didn't know that. Even though I've been to a couple of casinos, I've never played one of those. I always go play Blackjack and then Slot Machines whenever I'm at a casino. I'll play the Slot Machines very cheaply and then just get drinks. Just get enough so they start comping you? Yeah. And then off to the buffet. Hell yeah. I love me a good... Good casino, buffet. They're always really good. At least, I mean, I've not been to, like, tons of them, but every time I've been to one, they're very good. Anyways.
1: Yeah, it's just... Remember how I was feeling a little optimistic last week about maybe loot boxes are going away or, you know, maybe, you know, sounds are changing? Well, then this happens, Right.
0: Well, I mean, in a sense, loot boxes might be going away and times are changing, but it's just they're getting worse instead of better. Yeah,
1: I mean, it it, it just, I saw this trailer and I thought it was, you know, someone making fun of it. You know, it was a fake trailer, you know?
0: Yeah. Because there's a
1: a lack of self-awareness here that was just
0: astounding. It's really over the top. Like, I could see it being genuinely, like, a, a you know, a, a comedy sketch on Saturday Night Live or something like that. Like, I could believe that. If someone was like, hey, check out this weird sketch that I saw on this comedy YouTube channel, I'd be like, oh, haha, that's really funny and weird. Interesting satire, but no, it's real. And there really, there is a, a total lack of self-awareness. I don't know if they, it's really hard to tell, like, do they just not give a fuck? Are they that... Oblivious or ignorant to the whole situation. Because, I mean, this is, you know, practically on the heels of quite a bit of loot box controversy with governments getting involved. And with, you know, last year, I think it was last year, late last year, early this year, Belgium said that loot boxes were illegal, that they constitute gambling, and any games released in Belgium can't have loot box mechanics in it. Um... It was what the UK who recently said that they were considering it, and it, you know, they released some studies that That, showed that, you know, these mechanics were. It wasn't uh, gambling in the UK because you couldn't cash out. Right. But that it, it, you know, they did have studies that were showing, like, this is harmful to, you know, the studies were focused on, like, children and teenagers, but, you know, these types of games are sold to children and teenagers. So it's like, oh, it's harmful, and we're considering all this stuff. Uh, It's Peggy. And one of the articles we have, Peggy um, is considering. At least they've said they're having an internal debate about how to handle this game.
1: Yeah, because uh, originally and, it was uh, rated Peggy three.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, and and they say, where's the article on Tech Raptor? Because I think that had the the quote in it. Here we go. I'm just going to read this. This comes from the Peggy letter. Uh, someone sent. An email to Peggy and they responded, a I guess concerned citizen. It says the trailer includes imagery that is generally known from casinos, wheel of fortune, slot machines. Using this sort of mechanic to select an item or character or action by chance is not the same as teaching how gambling from or how to gamble for money in a casino. These differences currently prevent us from applying the gambling descriptor, but we are very aware that it may get too close to comfort for some people. And that is part of an internal discussion that Peggy is having at the moment. The games industry is evolving constantly and rapidly in recent years. As a rating organization, we need to ensure that these developments are reflected in our classification criteria. We do not base our decisions on the content of a single trailer, but we will properly assess how the rating system and the video game industry in general should address these concerns. So on, on the one hand, like that could be like PR bullshit. But on the other hand, given how much stuff has been going on, I'm cautiously optimistic that they're taking this seriously. Oh, you're still in my line now? <laughs> you're still yes. cautiously
1: optimistic from me?
0: Well, I, I mean, I've used that before and also heard it before. I guess you did use it earlier, so you used it first. I'm trying to turn that into a, a thing <laughs> without just saying fake news, but all that comes to mind is fake news. So, fake news.
1: Yeah, uh, watch out or Alabama's going to get hit by the storm, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, those meteorologists are wrong.
1: Quick, double down, double down.
0: But, we'll yeah, I'm, I'm cautiously... <laughs> yeah. I'm cautiously optimistic, though, that they're actually taking this seriously. I mean, we've been back and forth a bunch of times on this show. Not Not back and forth in terms of, like, our opinions change, but, like, we've talked about this what feels like ad nauseum on this show. And it's a big discussion in the industry in general. And one thing that I've always said, or I think I've always said this has been that, you know, it would be better if the industry could police itself, but it doesn't seem to be capable of doing that, which means that the government at this point, I think needs to be involved because I mean, like I said, the industry can't police themselves. There's too much greed by all of these big companies, I mean software regulation rarely going on. works for the long term. Yeah, so I think I think the games industry is at that tipping point. It's an old enough industry at this point. It's a big. It's a fucking huge industry. I think it's time. It's just that's what's coming. Maybe not in America, but. In, in the civilized world, and the developed world, they're, uh, I think, moving closer and closer towards regulation. I mean, you know, we've already seen it in Belgium. I suspect in the next couple of years, we'll see it in most of the EU. Maybe within five years, there will be some EU-wide, I'm not 100% sure how law works, but something in the in the governing body that covers the entire EU about this sort of thing. And then I guess we'll see where the UK winds up on uh, their EU status. But regardless, I don't think that they'll be too far behind, even if they do wind up with a Brexit, which there's been recent news about that we talked about in the pre-show. Yeah. Again. What was it you said? Hold my tea.
1: Hold my Earl Grey.
0: (laughs) Instead of saying, hold my beer. Hold my beer and watch this.
1: Yeah, just talking about the stupidity in politics.
0: Indeed, but uh, But, just
1: the like to dislike ratio on this trailer is astounding. I I think it's more telling that 3,600 people actually liked this trailer.
0: Well, they um, they are wrong. But last year, uh, 2K was asking people to petition the Belgian government. Yeah, to Not ban loot boxes. I'm just waiting for that to happen here too. For them to be like, oh, you should tell people that you love being exploited by us. Some people would probably do it.
1: Uh, Of course. I mean, uh, the uh, sports fan or the sports game fan, they're kind of a captive audience because if you're a fan of NBA uh, basketball... You know, there's not a lot of places for you to go. So, you know, it's either just grin and bear it or, you know, find another sport that you want to play. I mean, the NFL has an exclusivity deal with EA. Uh If you want a soccer game, FIFA's the big one still. And they just I hammer it home. It's just, it's absolutely ridiculous that uh, that sports game fans have to deal with this.
0: So when, it looks like there's an EA and a 2K NBA game. Yeah, which I, mean, I, isn't I don't know the, shit about sports yeah, games. Which isn't
1: the 2K one really bad?
0: I don't know. Um, uh, let's see,
1: let me make sure that you know. Okay. I mean, uh, wait, this is the 2K one, sorry uh, EA is the other one
0: Yeah
1: uh, I got them backwards just because I don't follow sports games all that much But it, It's th- This makes mobile games
0: look <laughs> Downright clean, doesn't it? Yeah Looks like you're right EA is the only person that makes an NFL game Yeah, they
1: have the exclusivity deal for ages
0: Aren't there multiple people
1: who make baseball games? Yeah, but most of them are on console. Yeah, NBA Live is the EA one.
0: MLB, RBI. I don't. I don't know who makes those. Yeah, let's just, just put this way: chart. last
1: year's NBA Live from EA, it's rated at uh, seven point
0: nine out of ten on IGN. So yeah,
1: practically cancer.
0: Yeah definitely cancer and will give you cancer and well 2k
1: like I said uh, it it gets tainted and refused just because of its loot box shenanigans because last year uh, that's right last year they had all the monetization on the uh, character creation and there was a lot of stuff that was essentially one-time use and like for haircuts if you unlocked a haircut and then you changed from it you lost access to that haircut. <laughs> Oh, that's no. Bueno. Yeah, I forgot about that. That was either last year or year before. But that was
0: two K. Just looking at all of the, yeah, major sports that I know of. So soccer or football has got a few that make it. Uh, it looks like EA is the biggest with FIFA, but there are several other uh soccer games that are developed so I'm I'm out of major sports. I mean I, I know of more sports than just baseball, basketball, American football, and football. But uh those are the ones I guess that are most major. Golf?
1: Uh golf are that, there any modern golf games that are, are being put out by the AAA industry? I don't
0: know. Looking that up now.
1: I mean, the only thing I can think of racing wise is the F1 series from Codemaster.
0: You mean like Formula One type racing?
1: I think there's a NASCAR series still uh, uh, being made.
0: No idea. Probably. Uh,
1: I mean, I realize, you know, NASCAR is definitely an American sport. But, uh, yeah, it's an EA license. That's why I don't see it that often. NASCAR Heat 4. Actually, it releases in uh,
0: about a week. Some company called HB Studios has been making golf games. Like, big golf titles. HB, they Canadian company. Go Canada! I don't know anything about you guys, but go Canada. I uh,
1: wonder... Yeah, the Tiger Woods oh, games.
0: 2 K makes them. Oh, fuck You Two K. <laughs> they bought him <them> out, <laughs> and this this year they bought him out.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say the Tiger Woods games really ended when that big scandal about, uh, about his shenanigans off the greens uh, uh, really broke, huh?
0: Yeah, when was the last? When was the last one of those made? Mid two thousands. I liked the Tiger Woods games. 2013 oh. was the last Tiger Woods game. Uh, in 2015, it changed to Rory McIlroy. Who? And then that was the last one that was made. Yeah. <laughs> Rory McIlroy. No idea who that is. Well, ob- Apparently, he couldn't carry the franchise like Tiger Woods could. Obviously, right? Yeah. Tiger Woods is a very handsome man. I mean,
1: the yeah, I was going to, yeah. You you were looking at the golf club, weren't you? Uh, For the, got that off by 2K. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, The latest one actually uh, is rated pretty poorly. The first one that they made uh, was supposedly pretty good, but they never put it on sale. So it was just always obscenely expensive. And I don't like golf that much, you know?
0: Yeah, my favorite golf game was Mario Golf. Honestly, (laughs) I played Mario Golf
1: on the Game Boy. Uh,
0: I played the one on on Game Boy Color. Yeah, I'm sure there's been more than one, but I played one on Game Boy Color, and then I got it for N64. And you could, if you had like the little thing that plugged into the the bottom of your N64 controller, where you Mm -hmm. could plug uh, Game Boy games in. You could transfer your character from the uh, Nintendo or from the Game Boy version to the N sixty four version, and then you could play with the same character. I did that for Mario Golf and Mario Tennis.
1: Yeah, I liked the Mario Golf uh, just because it was more of an RPG.
0: Yeah, I did too. You built up your stats, man. Now I want to play Mario Golf and Mario Tennis.
1: My favorite golf game was Sid Meier's Sim Golf.
0: I have never played that. It is a golf
1: course management game. Oh, interesting. Where you're building a country club, essentially, but you're also able to go out and
0: play the uh, uh, the holes. Man, I want to get a golf game and play some golf. I know that there's winning putt, if that still exists. That's a free game, but we discovered pretty quick that if you were able to time it,
1: you know, it was horribly unbalanced.
0: Yeah. Golf. What golf games are on Steam? This is a, a much better rabbit trail <laughs> than fucking 2K. Yeah, because... Golf with your friends. That's nah, That's not real golf. Tea time golf?
1: Let's see. The Bleacher Report. The I best also- t- uh, ten uh, golf games ever. Hey, uh, I also really like Sid, Hot Shots uh, Golf on uh, Sid Meier's Sim Golf is actually number four on this list. Fancy. Uh, looks like it's Tiger Woods and
0: Lynx. Jack Nicklaus Perfect Golf. When did this come out? 2016. I'll put that on my wish list. Get some golf games up in here.
1: But Sid Meier's uh, Sim Golf is all all over abandoned wear sites.
0: Uh, am I, I sensing to potential point, uh, check it game out. club?
1: Try add that to the potential list?
0: <laughs> yeah, why not? Hey, apparently the Golf Club 2 was on my wish list already. That's a surprise. Me discovering something on my wish list. Almost as big a surprise as me discovering I actually own something already.
1: <laughs> That's something we should do more of for Game Club, is just abandonware games.
0: I've had a couple on our our list, although they were both Mech Warrior related but we could do that.
1: You want something else we could do?
0: Move on to our next
1: news Yeah, topic. get back on
0: topic. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't think we have anything else to say uh, about it's this, just, because we uh, get so far out it, in the weeds. It's,
1: uh, it's just 2K being 2K, really. And it's really sad that, especially sports games, are being so exploitative these days that... Uh, they're not even hiding it. That's the thing, you know, it's there's not even the yo know, this is like a slot machine, this is like a, a casino. It is a casino.
0: Yeah, it's literally slot. if it was machines. any
1: more casino like, it'd be a GTA online update.
0: <laughs> burn. Sick burn dude.
1: So uh moving on to Telltale Games returns, sort of. So, uh, you know, somebody's dug uh, around the graveyard and found the the grave of uh, Telltale Games and has started digging and digging and digging and trying to reanimate that corpse. And this isn't as great as it sounds. Now, there's been not a lot of love lost for Telltale once you know, a lot of the story behind what happened came out. But in the last, you know, several days, there's been a lot of people saying, "Oh yeah, this is great. Uh, Telltale's back." Yeah, but not really. I mean, this is just an investor group buying the licensing rights to the name and trying to get some of the IPs that they still hold on to. So you know, this isn't exactly a re uh, or a resurrection. It's a reanimation.
0: Yeah. So specifically on the rights. Um, they don't have the rights to the walking dead. Another company bought that. Uh, and then stranger things went back to Netflix mm-hmm. after telltale cratered. Well, well, did uh, the they ever, time. uh,
1: solidly have stranger things?
0: They had a game that was in development. I don't know how far along it was in development, but they had the license and they were developing a game. But when the company cratered, uh, the license went back and any development progress that was done is not usable. That's not to say that they can't possibly get a stranger things license back and then put that project back in development. But currently they, they can't work on it. Um, I think everything else, um, no, no, no. There's a few things that they do definitely have, um, which is the wolf among us. They've still got the license for that. Uh, and Batman, yeah, which Batman... And that's then, that's
1: the license I wouldn't have expected.
0: Yeah. And then anything that was a Telltale original, they, they have the licenses for that. And then it's up in the air what's going to happen with their licenses for Borderlands, Game of Thrones, and Minecraft. So, don't know what's going to happen with that. Seems like the initial plan is to spend a little bit of time uh, trying to get some cash out of the already existing games. Um, and then they're... Air quotes bringing back some of the de- original Telltale developers, but as freelance work or as contract yeah, work, sh- that's not promising. With the ch- yeah, with the chance that they can become full time employees down the road. And I mean, you could take that a lot of different ways, but this is corporate America. So they're, I mean, my take on it is they're trying to fuck them as much as they possibly can before kicking them down the road. But who knows? Maybe they're nice guys. Doubt it, but maybe. And I mean, that's honestly the essence of the article. Most of the places that reported on this completely skipped all of the details and the nuance that yeah, we just and mentioned. Yeah, just
1: uh, hopped on
0: uh, the train of Telltale's back. Woo! Yeah. But even if they did bring everybody back on, they still wouldn't have all of their IP, like all the licenses and everything. So even if, in a perfect world for the employees who suddenly lost their jobs and didn't receive compensation, which I think that there's still a bunch of them trying to get the money that Telltale owes them and no idea how that's going to go. Probably not. Well, it's corporate America after all, Uh, you know, even if they got all of that handled, they still wouldn't have all the licenses. So Telltale wouldn't be fully back regardless.
1: Honestly, looking at how they handled things, them not having all their licenses may not have been such a bad thing. Because that's one of the problems that they had was that they spread themselves too thinly, so... Uh, that And they didn't upgrade their damn engine.
0: I was gonna say, the biggest issue, I think, is that they, they never, in like 10 years, didn't upgrade their engine. And then the second biggest thing, yeah, they definitely spread themselves too thin with licensing deals. I mean, I think they were trying to chase what was popular... Mm-hmm hoping that that would be something for them instead of focusing on the quality of their games but, you know what do I know about such things?
1: I mean, they do still have The Wolf Among Us and that was really the only one of their upcoming games that I was really interested in a season 2 of because honestly Borderlands that that will get tied up in a um, a Gregorian knot with uh, Borderlands 3 let's be honest there yeah, I didn't really care that much about uh, The Walking Dead. I didn't really care about Game of Thrones. Batman was interesting, but I never pl- got around to playing it because the first one supposedly was, was so horribly optimized that no computer could play it all that well. And honestly, what I really liked out of Telltale was their earlier stuff. You know the fact that they you know had Sam and Max run out uh, you know walk off into the sunset, you know that was still a highly popular game or, or franchise, and they let it go because they had The Walking Dead be a hit. Um, uh, Tales from Monkey Island, another one that they you know just did one season of and never really considered another one.
0: Yeah. I'm not as big a fan of that older stuff. Like, there's nothing wrong with it. Yeah, but it was also just, more point and, and click,
1: and not the uh, what, uh, whatever you want to call what they uh, ended up doing—the uh, telltale style of adventure.
0: Choose your own adventure mm-hmm. games. Yeah, it's just. Yeah. And I don't, I don't like point and click as much. I, you know, nothing wrong with those games. Well, a, a good point and
1: click—that's the thing—is that. You may have been tainted on the Sierra style point and click of where it was built solely on the premise of, okay, you'll either need to walk through or to call the 1-900 number.
0: I mean, I guess you could show me what you consider to be a good point and click game, but I mean, I've played a bunch of them over the years, and I've never liked any of them, really.
1: Hmm. May have to try that sometime. I'm not sure what would be a good entry point just off the top of my head, though. Hmm. That would be something to consider for another time. Uh, Yeah, Telltale. I mean, it's hard to be excited for this for me just because, you know, this is really just not what uh, the the main stream gaming media is uh, uh, pushing out. This isn't, you know, some sort of a miraculous revival. It's just you know, an acquisition.
0: Yeah. So. I don't, uh, I don't have anything else to add. I mean, I hope that.
1: Hope we're wrong. I don't
0: know. <laughs> yeah. You know, I hope that, you know, new management does better than old management. But it's corporate America, people. I don't have much faith in that. Just a tiny amount of, of hope against reason. He keeps saying "Corporate America." Inside, I'm, I'm going to have optimist. that Rocco uh,
1: uh, song going through my head.
0: <laughs> All right, uh, let's move it on over then to our next news topic. Uh, former Starbound devs accused Chucklefish of massively unethical working practices.
1: Oh boy, <laughs> where to start with this one? Because. This is uh, really kind of boiled down to he said, she said, hasn't it? Yeah. And there, honestly, I think the truth lies somewhere in that murky gray area in between the two extremes here. So Chucklefish had a community outreach program where the community could bring their uh, work assets into Starbound itself. But a lot of these uh developers were also underage, so what they were doing was offering it as an an exposure opportunity, which is just such a scummy move. But on the flip yeah. side of things, we have, you know, sixteen, seventeen year olds uh submitting their work under a agreement that they do not get rights to it and they and it's a, un, essentially an unpaid internship, for lack of a better term here. And then getting upset when they, when the company makes money off their work. So you know, it's a little head scratching to me. You know,
0: I think, hmm. I, regardless of where the real sort of, I don't want to say truth, where the real, where the unfake, whatever. Means- yeah Uh, you know i I think that it's it is very scummy that
1: they have a uh, agreement in place to give exposure and no compensation i I always think
0: that that, yeah i i do think this is unethical i don't know sort of on a scale of like
1: Uh, of murdering puppies to hitler
0: yeah (laughs) sure uh, on that scale, I don't know exactly where it falls, but I mean, you think about how for the most part are generally sort of naive and optimistic or, you know, sort of gung ho about this sort of thing that teenagers are like a company taking advantage of that is very unethical. Mm-hmm. Like legally, is this all above board? Possibly, probably. I mean, you know, it would have to go to court to know for sure because we're at the finger pointing stage. Um. But is it unethical? Definitely, definitely. Because I mean, for the most part, teenagers don't have the sort of experience, forethought, insight to be like, well, if I sign this, I mean, yes, I might get some exposure out of it, but I'm going to be doing, you know, uh, in the case of this one person, uh, Damian. No, what's his name? Yeah, Damon. Damon, not Damien, Damon. Uh, said that he put in hundreds of hours and wasn't paid for it. I mean, yeah, you know, unpaid internships, essentially. But you did sign the contract, but it, you know... Or they had the agreement. I I feel like they're... Yeah, or had the agreement. Like, I feel like that's, you know, exploiting minors to an extent. And it's like, where does this fall legally? I don't know. It's got to go to court and have some judges and lawyers decide. But is it scummy? Is it unethical? Absolutely. 100%. Because kids don't know better. I mean, if you're like a 40-year-old adult going into the situation, you know, you should probably know better. And I'm a little less inclined to be sympathetic. But, you know, teenagers are dumb. And they don't have the life experience to know better. So, taking advantage of that is shitty.
1: I mean, anytime that you're uh, told, Oh, but you get exposure... That, that's bullshit, alright?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I can't pay my bills with exposure. Or feed <laughs> myself or my family with exposure. I can die from exposure. Well, you could
1: get fed if you go expose uh, yourself to someone else.
0: Wink. Yeah, three hots and a <laughs> cot. Because I'm going to jail. Nobody wants to see that. At least no random strangers on the street. I don't know, somebody probably wants to see it. Everybody is somebody else's type somewhere in the world. And that scares me. Gives me hope. Yeah. I mean, I did something right. I got married and I've got a kid, so I've got proof. I've got proof that somebody's into me. Yay. I just did like a little fist pump. You can't see that. I was I was genuinely very happy that I'm I'm loved by someone.
1: And then things go quiet.
0: Yeah, I don't you, you got quiet on me, buddy. That'll be all cut out in the the final edit, but you got quiet on me.
1: Well, I was just trying to figure out where to go from this because I mean, it's uh, it's a lot of finger pointing right now and a lot of uh accusations and there's just uh, it's tough to really side one way or the other because yes the kids do what they were getting into but at the same time they're stupid kids and the company shouldn't be taking advantage of that if the company yeah. was impressed by the, you know, some of their work you know, throw out a uh, paid contract which there was something on here where one of uh, uh, the uh, artist was offered a contract but they didn't want to be tied down to it I think it was in uh, the Reddit feed uh, that someone did a little bit more digging. So you know, it's there's not a hundred percent truth on the artist side, but there's not. Yeah, you know, that doesn't exonerate the. You know, assuming, of course, that comment is true because you know, trust but verify. Right. But at the same time, you know that doesn't exonerate the uh, company saying, "Well, they were offered a pittance, but they turned it down." Well. Yeah, but that yeah, you know, that doesn't make you less dicks. Yeah. It's really sad to see it's Chucklefish though, because you know, they've uh, published some really good games. So, you know,
0: that's gonna have me
1: take pause on that now.
0: I de- I do want to say I definitely believe the what did I say his name was? I just said it a minute Damon. ago. Damon. I keep wanting to say Damien, like I think that, and my brain's like, no, that's not right. No, 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 Damon. no,
1: that's Batman's kid.
0: I I do I do believe him and the other people who have stated this. Like it doesn't surprise me that a company is exploiting people. Like I I agree with you. I like Chucklefish's games. Um, they've published some very good games,
1: including some but that we've I, done on the on the Game Club this past year.
0: Yeah, but I totally believe that they exploited people because they're a company, and I'm a cynical <laughs> old man at this point. So I totally believe. This guy, I, I want to say kid, but that would have been, I guess, years ago when he was a kid. But this person and other people who, you know, are are saying that they have done this to them, too. So, I mean, it, it, if they genuinely want to do something about it, take them to court. Um, You know, I don't know how far it'll get if you do it in America, but you might be able to do it in other places, too. Also, you could take it to, to court in, in more liberal uh. States like California, New York, places like that, like you might be able to do that, which would increase your chances of a uh, favorable verdict, reasonable verdict. But, you know, sometimes we do see decisions in cases where that the court rules against the companies and is like, hey, you were unethical, so you're going to pay these damages. And then it goes from there. But that's about the only way to definitely settle this to get past the finger pointing stage, even though I do believe them. Like it is still, he said, he said, she said until somebody takes the court.
1: Yeah, and supposedly, uh, they had, now I'm happy to go dig up the Reddit or Reddit, uh, comment posts because, uh, that had the proper name, but the composer for undertale, they had uh, the mm-hmm. composer for undertale, uh, submitting uh, music, and they turned it down at first, and then once he got big with Undertale, because he submitted that work under contract, they suddenly decided, you know, we'll take this. Which is, yo, know, that's how it kind of works sometimes. You know, yeah, you know, yeah, someone submits something, oh, and they're unknown, then they suddenly get really popular, and, oh, yeah, we'll take this now. Du-du-du. Oh, here it is if it'll load there we go yeah toby fox from undertale also had a twitter post which i'll uh i'll add to the show notes right there actually i composed about an hour of uh work in progress music that ended up completely scrapped because i wasn't in the irc channel enough after i left that i completely believe uh what clark and everybody else was saying so which was uh, one of the other people that's been, yeah, uh, you know, throwing accusations. So, yeah, you know, yeah, you know, a pretty uh, decently known name that has some uh, credibility behind them. So, yeah, you know, that's why I'm leaning towards the artists saying that, yeah, they uh, uh, definitely were exploited. But uh, to say, yeah, I, I hate being like the Plain Devils advocate on this one, but. Uh, when I was doing more creative work online uh doing uh, uh some articles and stuff, one of the first things you learned was you do not uh do work for exposure and you do not pay to get your work out there. Those are two major red flags you do ne- you never do that and this is just a you know, yeah uh, an idiot typing on a keyboard this doesn't take talent so yeah. You know, Actual uh, artists and uh, actual uh, musicians doing this—it uh, just tells me that they should have been taken aside and say, "No, you don't do this. What, what's what's wrong with you?" But I realize that's victim blaming at this point.
0: Yeah, you know the the young and the dumb, the inexperienced have got a little bit more of an excuse for that. Mm-hmm.
1: But also, just how did they get the contract? Because, you know, a lot of these kids are underage. Uh, How are they able to legally sign that?
0: Well, it can depend on states um, or regions or local laws. I mean, we think of in the United States, like, 18 is sort of the age of consent to do all of this stuff. But that's not necessarily true in Tennessee, for example. uh, At the age of 16, legally, anything that has to do with your health care you are allowed to say your parents can't be involved. Um, We make that clear to everyone whenever we uh, do anything at at work that, you know, involving counseling or whatever. Most doctor's offices that I know of don't tell anybody that, but in Tennessee you can be 16 and have full confidentiality on all of your healthcare stuff. And I know that, you know, healthcare is different from a contract, but Mm -hmm. you know, things are laws are different in different places. So, Potentially, where you know, wherever, either the the kids were or the company, you know, look, local laws might allow for them at sixteen to sign a, a legally binding contract.
1: Yeah, which I'm not a lawyer, and we did not uh, contact uh, Leonard French. So,
0: <laughs> yeah, very true. Both cases, he might weigh in. I've have I, unsubscribed from I, his I channel because to
1: see if he did a video on that.
0: But, I mean, he, he wasn't producing a lot of stuff that I was interested in, so I unsubscribed well, from his channel to keep it from being so cluttered up, but...
1: Yeah, well, uh, that uh, uh, that hardly uh, stops me. Let's see. Did he do that? Um, I'm not seeing anything. He he did a couple videos about Kim Davis. Oh, but that's fun. That's the lady in uh, Kentucky that was uh, not giving... Uh, marriage licenses to the gays yep and let's see you also talked about not um come on give me the full title here uh, Why uh, don't the police have a duty to respond when uh, a 911 operator mocked a woman that was drowning it was literally uh, she gave two weeks notice and it was her last shift and she did not give a damn and no I'm not joking about that She actually was on a phone with a woman that was drowning and
0: mocking her. Well, that just fills my heart with something. (laughs) Wow.
1: Yeah, I don't don't see anything about uh, the chucklefish. Uh, There was a rather funny dumpster fire uh, uh, copyright thing on Twitter about a week ago that you laid in on. That was always fun. (laughs) I mean, literal
0: dumpster fire.
1: But, uh, shall we fill your heart with other
0: uh, things? Let's do that. Let's go talk about something a little positive. Uh, a new game based curriculum offered by High School Esports League and Microsoft. So, this has existed for a little while now. Let me get to... Like, I, di- I didn't realize it. This was the first time I had heard of it. Um, the HSEL Gaming, uh concept or the high school Esports league hsel um has this thing has existed since 2013 it is essentially a um a club in the united states there's you know i think in every school there are clubs of some kind in the united states there's several student organizations that are regional or nationwide that are sort of like um your next level like you can get certifications from them they look good on like college applications and things like that um I compared it to the TSA, which is uh, not the, the <laughs> shitty TSA at airports, but the good one, the Technology Students Association, which I was a part of in high school and went and did some uh, web design stuff and uh, some coding and things like that, like at these competitions and I had a couple of certifications. They're long expired now, but I had them for a while for web development and network engineering and and one that was like a fancy way to say like it i think it was like hardware specialist certified or something by them that those might not exist anymore but you know in the the mid to late aughts i i got these certifications and went to like these conferences and things but this feels this looks and feels very much like that they've got an official like starter packet that you can get for free so if you want to put this thing together at your school and, like, get the ball rolling, you can get the starter packet for free. It's got a lot of stuff in it. It's got links to other, like, PowerPoint presentations, things that you can use to show it to your school to be like, hey, this is a a real thing. This isn't some bullshit. Um, But then if you want to take it to the next level and sort of participate, uh, you can um, apply to the HSEL um, and actually get, like, actual recruitment, go to tournaments and things like that. Um, it's got where places where you can get uh, grant and scholarship funding for your program. That way, you don't have to do just fundraising or you don't have to do only fundraising. Um, you can get money through them. Um, and then you can get invited to or, or go to their regional tournaments. Um, it looks like there's some stuff in here that I can't... Like in the basic packet that I wasn't able to see, but it looks like... Uh, Courses, access to like a website, um, things where you can post your own leaderboards for your school, build teams. Looks like there's support for a bunch of different eSports games. This is super, super, super cool. Um, they've, It looks like they've been doing some research and some of this is just like, hey, kids that go to extracurricular activities tend to do better than kids that don't from a social standpoint. They get involved. A lot of times their grades go up Uh, because they're more engaged with their school. Yeah, so this is saying like um, somewhere in here, 80% of students in this league had not participated in other extracurricular activities. And I think that makes sense. A lot of sort of gamers still, like a huge chunk of people, like that's their hobby. You know, they don't do sports. They don't do music. Like they play games and for kids, especially like, you know, they dump a ton of time into whatever that thing is because they have the time to do so. Um, and I, you know, when I was a kid, I didn't participate in very many clubs or extracurriculars because I was a gamer. The main reason that I joined, um, at my school, the computer club, which was how I participated in all this TSA stuff is because twice a semester, they would do a land party. Like that was the whole reason that I joined and it turned into some other stuff cause I got invested, but like, I didn't really engage in a lot of other extracurriculars. I I've talked in here. I played golf a little and a couple of other things, but like, primarily, I was a, a, one of them, they're nerds, and I played video games all the time. So, I, I, I think that still holds true today for anybody. Um, and there's not really a lot of extracurriculars or hobbies at school. Or not, not hobbies. Extracurriculars or school-sponsored activities that involve gaming. I mean, I suspect it's better than when I was in high school. But, you know, you think about... Most schools focus on sports or maybe, you know, music, their band, that sort of thing. Um, And all of these other sort of STEM related clubs or technology related clubs, typically more on the back burner, but they're still there. But there's, as far as I know, nothing else for gaming except for this. So it gives an avenue for, for those kids to get involved and then to see the benefits of being in regular social contact with their peers and getting some one-on-one attention from teachers or administrators um so you know to a certain extent like well yeah duh kids being in this stuff is going to get improvements in their gpa and they're gonna be more engaged in school and have more friends and higher social interactions but that's kind of just what clubs do and now that you're recognizing like hey gaming is is pretty cool like you're not some weirdo Who lives in his mom's basement and plays video games? Like you're a normal human, just like everyone else. Well, unless you're a Republican,
1: then you know you still think that.
0: Well, fuck (laughs) it. But you know, you you still get to think that you're, or still get. God, now you you got me all (laughs) off my thought pattern. But you know, these kids get to participate too, and then get to see the benefits that all of the other kids who've participated in the other programs get to experience. Like, I was really happy about this. I knew about the three shitty news topics we had this week, and then I saw this, and I was like, huh, that's interesting. Is this, like, bullshit? Because the article title, I mean, it doesn't, like, sound bad, but it's kind of neutral. Yeah. You know, like, this thing is offered, so I was like, is this good? Is this bad? And then I pulled up all the material and did a quick perusal through it. Yeah, and I'll let you kind I'm of have very this impressed.
1: Were, uh, more experienced with something like this, because my school was absolute shit when it came to clubs, there was no after-school stuff outside of band. Which I think that's pretty much, you know, standard. Uh, yeah. They only had clubs a couple of the years I was there, and there was hardly any activities with them whatsoever. So, you know, my, my school sucked. Pretty much, you know, uh, on every conceivable level. Which I'm glad is closed. Uh, I'm... <laughs>
0: Fair enough. Uh, no, no, I'm not bitter. Fuck you. Nah. <laughs> I didn't say you were bitter. I said fair enough. <laughs> um, But yeah, I was very, very excited to see this. Very happy about this. I'm going to, I mean, I don't know if it'll come back up on the show, but just because I'm interested, I'm going to read some more into this stuff. Um, learn some more about it. It says you can request the full packet. So I don't know if you have to pay for that or not. But if you don't have to pay for it, I'm going to request a packet. <laughs> and then just see what's up with it. I mean, I don't. My kid's in, you know, kindergarten. Start so young. I'm not going <laughs> to. I'm going to start a gaming league. Uh, the, the Minecraft league. I mean, it would be. The, I was going to say it would be the Minecraft league. That would be right. No,
1: no, you can't start me in Fortnite now. You know, get those motor skills, right?
0: He's I have noticed massive improvement in his motor skills and some some creativity stuff within like three weeks of him starting to play Minecraft on his own. It's incredible. Like from a from an educational standpoint, like I'm aware of these sorts of benefits and things that come along with this stuff, but like getting to witness it firsthand has been really cool. We were talking about other games today that I think he would like, and he just needs to be a little bit older for, or I need to see just a little more improvement in his motor skills before we.
1: No, you throw him in the deep end. Uh, games. Break out the Zaktronics library.
0: You know, I, I have mixed feelings about that because it. I mean, he doesn't know other games like he knows Minecraft and a few other games that we have played together or he's watched me play, but. You know, he has very little experience with gaming, so, you know, that would just be like his experience. And plenty of kids back in the day played all those games and loved them and became gamers and shit, so, who knows? Gonna have to break out the, um, the Raspberry Pi, try playing some of those games with him, because he's watched, um, me and Katie play together but he's never really tried to play very many of them on his own i don't know why have to get that back out or, well not back out it's plugged in on the entertainment center have to play it some more anyways once again off on a tangent
1: yeah i don't think there's anything else really here to cover because we
0: covered it all righty, then well Uh, With that out of the way, move on to Community Corner, which there were no emails, uh, were there tweets? Uh, Not that I've seen in quite a while. Okay. Uh, I think the canary is dead. Oh no. Um, That means, just a quick what's up about Community Game Night. There was not one this previous week. I was gone. um, But this coming week is Sea of Thieves.
1: Yeah, this will be interesting.
0: So, um, if you've got the... Either if you've just purchased the game outright, or if you have Xbox Game Pass, download Sea of Thieves. Um, you don't have to play a lot. Honestly, you don't, not the, really any. Well, I would encourage you to go through just like the basic, air quotes, character creation, mm-hmm. and then just like kind of get a feel for how the game controls.
1: Yeah, which... I hope I just overlooked the field of view slider because that game has a narrow field of view.
0: I don't remember. Cause it's been over a year since I played it. Cause I got it initially through game pass mm-hmm. and, and tried it out last year or longer ago, whenever it came out. Um, so yeah, that's a, a quick mosey. Um, but if you wish if us. you
1: wish to contribute to the community corner, go wake up the canary over on Twitter with VGL Podcast or email us VGLPodcast at gmail dot com. So it looks like we have time for a doobly doo. Indeed. For a discovery queue. And once again, I have my Discovery queue open. And once again I don't I have something. Pretty immediately this, I think this is my first one Re-Legend Let-
0: the- Well shit, that was my first <laughs> one too I was excited Do you want it? No, you take it I'll go on to my next one
1: uh, So, from Magnus Game Studio Which, what have they Oh, uh, this is their first thing It has a very Animal Crossing-like feel to it, doesn't it? Yeah uh, With a, a little bit of Stardew in it as well Uh, It's still in early access, it has some very mixed reviews, so it's probably not very finished at the moment, which that looks like it's what it is, but it is also, you know, it's in the sort of mid-range of AA pricing. I mean, it's very cute, but it's just, you know, where are they going to end up with it? It's like a combination of, of Animal Crossing, Stardew Valley, and a little bit of, uh, Monster Rancher. So, yeah, this will be interesting to see where it goes. So, add to wishlist.
0: Sweet. Uh, so, I got Gears 5, which I was really surprised for a second, and then I remember that Microsoft said that they were going to start putting a lot of their games on Steam. Um, but still, uh, I'm a, a pretty big fan of the Gears of War franchise. I'm actually going to play through Gears of War 4 since it's on Game Pass, and Gears 5 is available through Game Pass. So I'll be ready for Gears 5. Um, This one, I believe, is supposed to be open world, which I don't know how that's going to handle in the Gears of War franchise because Gears of War has always been a linear cover-based shooter, mostly in hallways or areas, outside areas that feel like hallways. Um, The original chest-high wall game. Um, that's probably not true, but I was thinking of Yahtzee there for a second. <laughs> uh, don't forget but, uh, guys the
1: size of refrigerators.
0: Yeah. Oh, three player co op campaign. Interesting. But, I mean, you know, Gears of War on PC somewhere other than Game Pass. So if you want to play Gears of War, but don't want to either purchase it from the really terrible Microsoft store or not ready to buy into Game Pass, you can get it on Steam.
1: So, I picked up something interesting. Uh, this is from Team17. Monster Sanctuary. Monster Taming meets Metroidvania. Collect, train, and battle monsters in this lovely side-view pixel world. So, that's pretty much what it says on the tin. Once again, I'm getting Monster Rancher vibes from this, mixed with, of course, Metroidvania. It's still early access. It has some pretty decent reviews on it, though, but it doesn't have a ton of reviews. It just released, uh, last week? Yeah, last week. But it looks like some pretty varied, uh, landscapes here. And, of course, some really interesting monster types. And it looks like it's a combination of, like, a turn-based strategy, or, sorry, turn-based uh, combat uh, on the full-on, uh, almost Pokemon-esque battles. But then, uh, the different monsters are essentially an item that you could use... Uh, to, uh, to reverse the Metroidvania world. That's It's really interesting looking, so yeah, that's definitely worth a look if you're interested in the Metroidvania genre, or just like, uh, you know, making cute animals fight one another to the death.
0: It looks interesting. I got it, like, two games after you said it, because I had a couple of really shitty, garbage-looking games, and then it popped up on mine. But uh, uh, I got another second? one. Okay. Hanging on.
1: Sorry about that. Somebody across the street was shining flashlights into the uh, windows of the apartment building. building. So, I went to go look and see what was going on.
0: No problemo. Um, but yes, I got one. Um, buoyancy. Uh, think Waterworld. <laughs> buoyancy is a city-building strategy game where you build, manage, and move a floating city... ...on an oceanic world. Yeah, Explore and scavenge resources before, scattered somewhere. around the endless waters. So, Waterworld the game! I'm very excited. I love Waterworld. It's a terrible movie. It's a trash, garbage fire movie. But, I love it. It's so bad and campy. He's got fucking gills behind his ears. Just, mwah. <laughs> Major spoilers for Waterworld, if you've never seen that movie. But, I mean, I don't really know if there's anything else to say. Waterworld, city building, and management game. Two thumbs up.
1: So, I got a remix, or uh, a uh, remaster. Spyro Reignited Reignited Trilogy. So, the original trilogy of Spyro games. On Steam, remastered. So, if you were a fan of Spyro back in the day, there you go, right? There you go. I mean, is there really anything Uh, else to say about that? I mean... It's pretty much just bringing back the old PS1 classics. I only really got to play the first Spyro game, so this may be something to look into. It is forty bucks though, because who? Right?
0: Yeah, I have um, played a couple of Spyro games. Level Eon. don't worry about that. I'll cut it out in the edit. Um, but yeah, I've played a couple of Spyro games. you enjoyed bored. But... <laughs>
1: you're bored of Spyro.
0: I'm sleepy. Yeah, I was bored of Spyro. Um, no, I like Spyro. It was alright. But I kind of moved past that stage of gaming for mm-hmm. that type of game. Yeah, the animal My mascot, life. uh,
1: uh, platformer. 3D
0: platformer. Yeah. yeah. So I got one. Perfect Crime. Looks like a true crime game. It says Perfect Crime will produce every detail of a criminal case. Um, how to make use of common objects to make a perfect crime is all up to you. Um,. Looks like you can create your own. People can log in and/or can create their own murders or their own crimes for people to play through. So, if I'm reading this correctly, it looks like there's sort of a single-player component where that you're going through true crime cases, and then you also create cases for players online to uh, play through. One of those interesting things, where that the you know community-created content will basically make or break mm-hmm. the game. I think. Um Yeah, it's also okay, all single player. Just making sure it wasn't there was like a multiplayer component to it or something, but it's all single player. Cool. I mean I like this sort of thing. Um sounds like an interesting idea, I guess the only way to know for sure is to see how they pull it off.
1: Yeah, I got uh, another one. I still have a couple more left in my queue. The Undermine. An action adventure roguelike? with a bit of RPG uh, uh, tossed in. I've entered deep into the other man and discover powerful relics, deep uh, deadly enemies, hidden secrets, and a few friends to help you along the way. So, pretty standard roguelite from the looks of it, but it has a very clean art style to it. It's hard to really explain uh, without going to look at it. It has some really high-quality artwork to it. But it also seems that... It has a mining mechanic where you're going down and grabbing stuff to uh, mine uh, ores to sell. Which I've only really seen in the SteamWorld series. So, you know, a nice little twist on things.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, so I got Final Fantasy 8 Remastered. I don't Really know if I need to say anything else about it, but it's rated mostly negative. I'm looking. Oh, uh, looks like it's yeah. got some massive performance issues, and that's why yeah. it's mostly negative. Uh, locked at a four x three aspect yeah, ratio. I just, yeah, I just got Final huge issues to be with frame rates.
1: Uh, let's see. It looks like it also has been censored. Uh, censored content. Editor skirt to the siren summon. Reno's outfit shows less cleavage. Pre-release info. So yeah, they're going through and sanitizing it a little bit.
0: Isn't Final Fantasy VIII on Steam the yeah. not remastered?
1: Or at version? least it was.
0: Oops, I just accidentally pulled up Final yeah. Fantasy fourteen. Yeah, it's on there. And I've got I've got Final Fantasy eight. I guess the un, the non remastered. I've got that already on Steam. I've got eight thirteen. Cool, I have Final Fantasy XIII. (laughs) I must have bought these at some point. 2015. Four years ago. (laughs) I guess I thought I was going to play them again. I thought wrong. Actually, I think I've tried to play Final Fantasy XIII and it runs like garbage, and so I stopped playing it. That's coming back to me now.
1: Yeah, that's why I uh, refunded it, was that... Uh, tried playing it, it ran like garbage, so I refunded it.
0: I remember playing Final Fantasy VIII for the first time. I was was just amazed by the visuals. Oh, yeah, totally. But I loved the the cutscenes, like the visual fidelity. That was, like, mind-blown back when I was a kid. I mean, they still look pretty decent, the pre-rendered cutscenes. They still look pretty good. I mean, they're not amazing like they once were, you know just time and all that, but they still look pretty decent, just kind of watching the trailers and stuff. Man, now I want to play Final Fantasy VIII. I don't have time to play Final Fantasy VIII. I wonder if it will run on my laptop. Probably. Uh, I wonder how it plays. With, how well it plays with keyboard and mouse. Probably pretty bad. Well,
1: uh, Some of the summons uh, may be a bit of a pain. If memory serves correctly.
0: How big is it? 1600 megabytes. I got room on my laptop SSD for that. Well, we'll see if I play Final Fantasy VIII <laughs> this week.
1: Uh, if you uh, play okay. it all in one week, that that would be something.
0: Oh, I won't play the whole thing in one week. I just mean play it at all. Alright. Um, yeah.
1: I only ha- uh, The last game on my list, it looks interesting enough that I'll throw it on just why the hell not, right? Keep okay. Ho. This is a. <laughs> Pirates, potentially? No, this is a local only, from the looks of it, four player co op game with a simple goal don't fall to your death. Players will use their uh, two hands in outstretched grip uh, of their friends to grapple across each level. So it's a platformer. It. it that sounds. It, it's interesting. weird looking. But at the same time, you know, local co op. Uh, it has seen a resurgence on PC. It's just a little bit sad that yeah that there's no online component that you can do. But it's uh, pretty gotcha. simplistic, but at the same time interesting.
0: I've got I'm I've got my last one is what I'm gonna put up, but I'm trying to figure something out. Sorry, let me Where do I need to go? Here. So this game is called Crystar, or Crystar, I'm not sure how you pronounce that. It's a JRPG. I'm trying to figure out if it has been ported to PC, or if it has been designed for PC. I was just looking to see if that was in the um, the description or anything it's Well, considering I, I searched
1: uh, Crystar, it says Crystar, gameplay trailer,
0: PlayStation 4. Okay. So I-, I would say ported. Uh, I think that's a fair thing. Yeah, definitely. Although I will say it's interesting to see like a JRPGs have been coming to PC a lot more in the last year or two years, or maybe it's I've just been noticing them more for some reason. Um, I mean, nothing about this particularly stands out to me except that it's a recent, I mean, a new. Yeah, it's more action focused. Uh, looks of JRPG it. on PC, but. I mean, you know, just looks like a JRPG.
1: But yeah, that's Japanese.
0: To see another one on Steam, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm just being weird about it, but I feel like there's been a lot more JRPGs on PC in the last year or so than there have been in a long time, or maybe ever. I mean, I feel like it. Uh, aside from the odd indie game here or there, or something developed on. Um, Ah, shit. RPG Maker? Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. RPG Maker. You know, there were no, like, sort of A or or larger JRPGs. You know, you get your few Final Fantasy ports and then um, a couple of other ones. And that was it. But I feel like there's been a lot of them that I've seen here recently. Which makes me happy. I like JRPGs. I wish I had a lot more time to devote to JRPGs. Oh, damn. Um, play a shitload Okay, of I
1: want you to... Uh, you, you still on the
0: uh, Steam page for this? No, I closed okay, it, but I can uh, go, go back to the really Community quick. Hub for it. Okay. And then go to Screenshots. Community Hub. Screenshots. Is it porn? Softcore porn. Aw, yeah. This just got I, Game of I, the Year I, for you. Lies. I'm very interested now.
1: <laughs> I was looking at the reviews, and they I'm were talking about how game. it's uncensored. And I uncensored? Well, uh, the... Uh, uh, The screenshots will definitely not lie there.
0: I mean, there's a butt and some cleavage. And more cleavage. More cleavage. I don't see any more butts, though. There's just the one picture of the butt. And there's no nipples.
1: Maybe it's only, like, one butt in the game. Or how long has this been out? Maybe they haven't progressed to the second butt. I know that there's a... Oh,
0: there's somebody in some some lingerie. I know that
1: there's a lot of cosmetic DLC but that seems to be a way of things for
0: JRPGs. So this is a picture of the same butt but there's like a wind effect on it that makes it look like she's farting. <laughs> I don't know if that's like a move that causes that effect or if somebody added it in Photoshop or something but it's not It's not good. It's not good. You can add farts to the list of things I'm not into. The The short list of things I'm not into. Okay,
1: so farting clown spiders. Got it.
0: Yeah. Although a farting clown spider might be funny. Oh, there's another butt. Different butt this time.
1: Especially if it's uh, hard enough that it gets propelled off its web, you know?
0: <laughs> that would be funny. Terrifying, but funny. Because then they'd find a new way to propel themselves. Oh, that's a weird x-ray of a torso where you can still see the cleavage in the x-ray? I'm just scrolling through the infinite community hub photos.
1: Looking for more butts, let's be honest.
0: I mean, there's all... Oh, there's that same butt again, the first butt. Oh, that looks like Sailor Moon. <laughs> that, that Yep, that screenshot looks like it was taken straight out of Sailor Moon. I should stop, but I'm still scrolling. Still scrolling. Um, so your your queue is yeah. done, and my queue is done. So Rage, why don't you save us and uh, hit him with them socials?
1: Oh, I've been Caffeine Rage. You can find me on the YouTube's Game of Caffeine Rage. You can find me on Twitter, Gaming on CR. Maybe someday you'll find me on Twitch, Caffeine Underscore Rage, and of course you can find me on Steam caffeine
0: rage is there as well and you've been Gaming Psychologist you can find me on the YouTube's by searching for Gaming Psychologist on Twitter at jma4707 and on Steam send a friend request to Arthur 4707 if you wish
1: and if you wish to know exactly what episode of the podcast you're coming from the password for this week is hot tea <laughs> Nice hot tea. What we've been powered by tonight. Mine's room
0: temperature at this point. Mine, What's left of my second cup. Mine's
1: actually still pretty damn hot.
0: <laughs> it's down. To, my flower mug doesn't do a good job. It, I guess it's down
1: to where I could drink it without you know scorching my throat. Very good tumbler. I'll have to send you a link to that one, huh? Two thumbs
0: up. Good tumbler. Would tumble again.
1: Yeah, but it's not worth it to get the, a handle, because according to the reviews, it sucks.
0: Zero out of ten. Totally undrinkable.
1: Yeah, because it's a handle. I, I mean, to be fair, you know, some people uh, you know, may not want to handle their drinking problem all that well.
0: I think it helps me to have a handle on it. it. makes it easier for me to drink. But
1: if you wish to contact us about your drinking problem, or any other problems that you may have gaming-related, would be useful, though. Uh, I'm desperately trying to get the segue here. (laughs) You can contact us, once again, vglpodcast at gmail.com with your letters, voicemails, gaming-related topics, or just tweet them to us at vglpodcast. Our lovely, lovely patrons have paid for this absolute madness, and we're sorry. And I know you're not. You're never sorry. You have no shame.
0: I'm never sorry. No shame.
1: Uh, Uh... patreon.com slash VGL Podcast for more information on that. And our lovely patrons have made our Podbean account possible. You can find out you can find us at com, which hosts the RSS feed, show notes, links to all our material online, or you can find us on iTunes, Google Play, or your podcatcher of choice our intro and outro music is on the ground and Dibbly doo is our discovery cube music both by Kevin McLeod you can find his work over at, at incomputech.com
0: and as always as his lovely music starts to roll across my voice well, see you next time